welcome to the Fiercely Awakening podcast. My name is Dr. Tanya Holcomb, and I'm on a mission to normalize naturopathy in big, bold ways. I want you to see the world through my eyes, where extraordinary health and massive upgrades in life are always available to you. You'll be inspired to trust your body's wisdom to heal, motivated to claim your next upgrade in health and life, release what no longer serves you, and pursue what you truly desire. If you seek truth, you are on the freedom path to your greatest potential. You are Fiercely Awakening. Welcome. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Fiercely Awakening podcast. So today I want to address the question that I see popping up all the time right now. And that question is, what can I do to boost my child's immune system as we head back to school? And I think this is a brilliant question, right? It's a brilliant question that we are thinking about our immune system and we're thinking about that we have a say in terms of how resilient our bodies are. But here's where this question goes wrong for me, because the questions asked and 99.9% of the time, the response back to the question is, drum roll please, we already know the answer, I'm sure you're thinking of it right now, which is elderberry syrup, right? Like this is our go-to, and on one hand, this is absolutely incredible that we have mainstreamed elderberry syrup. Like this has become the mainstream herb of choice is to do elderberry. Most people are not afraid of elderberry syrup and that's really cool. I love that. Elderberry is a fantastic, beautiful, intuitive herb and I love that it has become a friend to so many. That is wonderful. But where I want us to reframe this question is first of all on what it actually means to be sick and to get sick because my gosh has there been a lot of fear being pushed out into our world and fear that has been accepted around the topic of acute illness and this has been happening for years, but especially in the past couple years. And there are children who are afraid of other children. They're afraid of getting sick. They're afraid of germs. And so while I think having the conversation around elderberry is awesome, (laughs) I love that. I just... Our intention is everything, right? So if we are taking the elderberry to quote unquote not get sick, to avoid sickness, then we're still missing the mark on what it means to be resilient. So that's what I want to talk about today. Like what does resiliency really look like and how is sickness part of that necessary equation. So first of all, first things first is I want to talk about fear because 
like I said, fear has become such a big deal as it relates to our symptoms and the world has gotten completely turned upside down with being fearful over truly simple and basic detoxification symptoms. And I'm not trying to minimize some experiences that people have had over the past couple years, but certainly for the general population, what we are experiencing are mild detoxification symptoms. And when we are fearful of them, whether it's our own body or our child's body, this is the number one thing that weakens our immune system. And so there has never been a greater call for us to change our mindset about germs, about fevers, and about how the body communicates with us. Because when we fear its communications, we only weaken the body's ability to do its job. But when we show up to our children without fear and we allow childhood illnesses to naturally run their course without suppression, we allow our children to build strong immune systems. And this is crucial because we need these strong immune systems to be able to withstand the magnitude of toxicity that we are growing up with, that we are raising our children with. And so really deepening and having that confidence in the body's ability to heal and our ability to help through the process. I mean, because that's really our main job. Our, our main job is not to avoid getting sick. Um, and certainly there's a fine line, and we'll talk more about that in a, in a minute. But on a for a normal child growing up, sickness is going to be part of that process, and our job is not to avoid it or to make them think that they need to avoid it or that they need to do a better job to avoid getting sick, that somehow this is their fault, that they're sick, that they were around somebody who made them sick or they didn't wash their hands well enough or they didn't use the hand sanitizers enough or, you know, these things, like this is creating a fear that we are vulnerable all the time and that's not true. <laughs> so we want to walk this path of acute illness with ourselves and with our children with supporting the symptoms at play. And, and what we want to see is that the symptoms are changing. You know, we, we don't want to be stuck in the healing process. It's like there is an evolution of the symptoms at hand. So this really comes down to my belief, which is germs aren't the bad guys, that germs are not the enemy. But every time that we treat them like they are, we do even more damage. The way that modern mainstream views germs or views viruses or views bacteria is through this lens of germ theory or contagion theory. And many of the ideas about germs being harmful aggressors came into play with the widespread use of the light microscope. So it was in the 19th century when doctors began to examine diseased tissues and found them to be filled with bacteria. 
So they moved forward with the assumption that the bacteria caused the disease and were hostile to life. However, bacteria found uh, bacteria are found at the site of disease for the same reason that firemen are found at the site of fires. And that's a quote from the contagion theory. But think about that. Bacteria are found at the site of disease for the same reason that firemen are found at the site of fires. Like bacteria are designed to decompose dead and dying materials. They are the cleanup crew. Now viruses being much smaller uh, than bacteria were discovered later when a more powerful microscope was invented. And because of the established beliefs around bacteria, these viruses were immediately thought to be hostile too. Further research would show that these viruses were actually coming from within the cells of the tissues. This discovery formed the assumption that they could invade cells and take over their machinery. But these viruses weren't viruses at all, they were exosomes. When a living organism is threatened in almost any way by stress, by chemical toxicity, or electromagnetic uh, effects, our cells have this amazing capacity to package up, propagate, and release these threats. These release packages are exosomes, and this is how a cell detoxifies these threats. So more modern research has shown that exosomes prepared and released by our own cells have the same characteristics of viruses. They're the same size, they have the same components, and they act upon the same receptors. Exosomes function to protect the cell from what would cause it harm. And the more intense the stressor, the more exosomes are produced. But they essentially, from our understanding, play a crucial role in the detoxification process. So these exosomes serve as messengers. They circulate in the blood and the lymph on a mission to warn other cells and tissues that danger is near and preparation is necessary. They're able to provide other cells with necessary programming to overcome danger. So these quote-unquote germs that we have evolved with um, are actually helping us detoxify and evolve in the presence of these environmental uh, assaults that we are under right now. Um, so yeah, they're quite opposite of the bad guys. Uh, they are not, they're not the bad guys. Um, they're here to help us detoxify. They're here to help us evolve. And we, our system, our <clears throat> terrain is made up of bacteria and fungi and parasites and pathogens. Like we look at our skin and there's a microbiome there and our ears, there's its own microbiome in our mouth, right? Like we have this everywhere. And so when we treat these things like we need to eradicate it for it to go away and, you know, like that's the path, like we're really talking about destruction of our own system. So yeah, it's, this, is a, this is a really fine, fine line. And there's so much coming out uh, right now. There's so many debates on this uh, with the contagion theory and all of that. Um, and I really think the, the biggest thing is recognizing that 
the terrain truly is everything. And when you compare the germ theory behavior to the terrain theory behavior, these are two vastly uh, different approaches to living this life. When we look at the germ theory behavior, I mean, it goes something like avoid as many germs as possible, avoid touching others, or you know, don't touch anything that's been frequently touched. You know, you should isolate yourself from the natural world and you should fear the external environment. But when we live in this way, the likely consequence is that we become more vulnerable and sensitive. The terrain theory behavior goes something like this. Expose yourself to the germ frequently, you know, uh, have fearless contact with others and frequently touch objects and surfaces. Like don't be afraid to touch things, right? Embrace the natural world and welcome the external environment. And so this likely consequence is to be adaptive and resilient, which is ultimately what I am here to stand for is that we want to have resiliency in this world that we're living in. So when we, back to the elderberry thing for a minute, it's like, what is our intention with this? What is our intention of taking this? So let's talk for a minute about getting sick being a good thing. Um, because you can probably hear in my voice right now, like I have just gotten over, um, some sickness or what I would like to call seasonal, uh, detoxing. And it's not fun. It's not fun to be sick. It's not fun to have to slow down and, you know, work through, uh, symptoms. And it's also, a really beautiful thing that our body does. That's <laughs> really beautiful thing that our body has wisdom to do. Um, so adult sickness and kids sickness is a little bit different. So let's talk about the kids first. So I don't believe it should ever be our desire to avoid small acute illnesses. Instead, welcome them without interfering with prescription or over-the-counter medication and to know that they are really your child's opportunity to flex their immunity muscles and build that resilience. So when we talk about this inside Fiercely Empowered Mama, um, we really demonstrate this as the absolute path for a child to grow. So a child's body is remodeled over and over again between birth and adulthood, and every change requires not only the building of new tissues, but the demolition of old ones. So in order for your children to grow, they need to get sick. And the frequency increases from starting around two years old until six years old, and then it starts to decline. So this is really our chance to build a strong, healthy immune system. So during this phase particularly, we're going to have a higher amount of fever, a higher amount of mucus production, a higher amount of vomiting and rash and diarrhea, like all these things that are a reflection of the immune system working and uh, supporting the body with that cleansing process. So when a child gets sick, 
I invite us all to imagine them saying, hey, look, mom, I'm growing. So instead of trying to prevent illness, I would recommend to approach it in a way of like thinking about the ways to fill in the gaps so that when your child does get quick, they bounce back quickly. And know that your commitment to prevention is going to radically change how their body is able to show up to the saturation of toxins that we live in, not just now in the future. So this is really what I'm saying. It's like, we sh- like the conversation should not be like, hey, it's we're going back to school, so now is the time that I'm going to do something for my child's health. It's like we have like a tremendous opportunity to lay the foundation and to fill in the gaps every single day. And when we do that, we are creating true resiliency because we are supporting the natural detoxification of what we're exposed to. We're supporting the natural resiliency to the magnitude of heavy metals and environmental toxins, and we are mineral balancing, and we're doing the work that really changes the terrain, strengthens the terrain, right? Strengthens the body's ability to do its own detoxification. And then we have these small acute illnesses that the body works through. Like we want to see the body meet this and flex its muscles and get stronger. So certainly that fine line that I mentioned earlier is if we have a child who is dealing with more chronic issues, that's not what I'm blessing right now. Um, Those are loud requests for the foundational work, for the deeper detoxification work. But uh, when we are you know, applying so much of this lifestyle work. And of course, this includes, um, you know, the very basic things too, uh, like keeping them hydrated with clean filtered water and then remineralizing that, Um, having plenty of outside time, having the real food, right? Having plenty of saturated fats, you know, getting those minerals in, um, supporting proper, proper digestion, having sleep be, you know, at the top of our list that we are valuing, encouraging movement and play. You know, there's so much here that is part of that foundational work beyond supplements. That's just truly like the aspect of, of raising resilient children. Um, so when we're doing this, we embrace acute sickness because we know that that is the body's path to get rid of waste and to make space for new growth. It is part of the growing process. So when my child was between the ages of two and six, we had lots of snotty nose time. And what we don't want to see is to get stuck in the healing process, right? Like we want to go through the phases of sickness and recover and go through it again and go through it again. Um, And now that he's nine, it's so rare that we do, you know, get sick. But there's still times. So just recently, he had, you know, a fever for the first time in forever. 
And it was one night of fevering, one day of headache, and then he completely bounced back and was ready to go. Like this is resiliency, okay? So for an adult, it may look different. It may look like twice a year, there's this seasonal shift, this cleaning up process that happens. And it may be five days of more intense like symptoms, but they're changing. And then, you know, of few days of cleaning up. But again, it's like you're not stuck in the process. You're moving through the process. I actually think it's really healthy for an adult to have times of this seasonal detoxification. Uh, We need this. So we help support them through the process. And I have a handout that I will attach to these show notes and it'll give you some really great ideas of how to walk through that process with your kiddo. Um, I'll also include some of this conversation so that way, you know, it just gives you a really nice reference guide to revisit and to help you stay grounded in your intention and your acceptance of this being part of growing up. Um, So there are things that we can watch for in this process, Um, you know, to to know where where they are, you know, where they are on the process of getting sick. So I guess first, I just want to leave us with recognizing that symptoms are not an illness and they are signs that the healing process is beginning. So this is where we really want to be mindful of not suppressing. You know, that fever is such a gift and it's such an accelerator to the process um, that we want to honor that. So when we're working through the process, it's like, how can we maintain that curiosity and aid the body in working through it versus trying to make it go away as fast as possible? So the signs and the symptoms um, that you can see during this process is in phase one, um, you know, there's there's an infection and there's generally few to no symptoms at all. In fact, you may not even realize that you're, you know, quote unquote, getting sick other than feeling like a slight tickle in your throat or your nose or having a slightly lowered energy levels. And that can give us some indication of, you know, this impending illness. Um, And this is where there's something at play in your body, right? There's some sort of cleanup happening. There may be an exposure to toxins that are happening. There's there's movement in the body. Um, And then we have the inflammation. And this is where we are feeling it. You know, this is where we're going to manifest these symptoms differently. So, you know, just recently, like my husband's symptoms were having a really sore throat. And for me, um, simultaneously, I'm having a headache and body aches. So depending on what's going on, depending on, there's so many different factors of how this is going to manifest. You know, somebody might have fever, they might have chills. Um, And so you're going to go through that process. And then... You have the third phase, which is the waste removal phase, and this is where the body works to remove any collateral damage, um, you know, 
it's it's getting rid of stuff that's no longer serving the body. And so this could be getting rid of through having a runny nose, um, coughing up mucus. Um, most of the time there's just general mucus that is being removed from the body. So we want to support the body through through that phase. And so this is where a lot of people, um, especially adults, get stuck in the process because they, you know, they're they're not tuned in that this is the waste removal process. Like they're through the worst of it. Now it's time to just clean up stuff. And so typically they have their channels of elimination backed up. Either they're constipated or they're living very sedentary or um, you know, they are going right back into, you know, pasteurized dairy or sugar or pops or these things that just create inflammation in the body and they just really slow things down. And then we see congestion drag on for months. We don't want to see anything drag on for months. Okay. Uh, we want to experience it, move through it and have it behind us within, you know, two weeks at most. Um, and so same for kids, they can, they can get stuck here if their diet is full of high inflammatory foods. Um, so they're going to need more support. And space is one of the most beautiful things that we can offer when we're working through this. It's like we want to have more hydration, um, you know, those broths, um, coconut water, herbal infusions, you know, taking away the pasteurized dairy, taking away um, things like corn, you know, really just honoring the body's time to get rid of this waste. And then certainly there's a whole bunch of naturopathic tools that we can turn to to aid the body in this process. So, you know, during that time of sickness, my favorite go-tos is that we do create that space, that we do honor that deep nourishment, you know, with those broths, like I mentioned, the herbal infusions, um, and that we have the quiet time. Uh, you know, one of the most beautiful things that we can do is, if it's available to us, is spend time in the sunshine. You know, that sun is so healing for the body. Um, spending time just grounding is an accelerator. So having that space to honor the healing process, and then of course, as we need it, um, supporting the body through it with you know, your naturopathic tools. And again, my handout's going to walk you through all of those things and more so you feel fully prepared of how to show up to this. So I wanted to, to read you something about uh, viruses. I find this research that's coming out about viruses to be pretty critical to our understanding. And so this first one's from Green Med. Uh, dot info and it says the microbiome includes a hundred trillion viruses, bacteria, fungi, parasites, which outnumber our own cells 10 to 1 and which proves that we are more germ than human and in many respects would not be alive without them. For instance, about 8% of our genome is retroviral in origin. 90% of our immune system depends on bacteria in our gut. How then can these microorganisms be deadly as we're told, while at the same time be responsible for making our life itself? 
I mean, to me, that in itself should be on every billboard. Well, that would be too much to read, but like allow that to land. We have a symbiotic relationship with these viruses or exosomes uh, and bacteria, which are these building blocks of our immune system. Weston A. Price says few people, well, the Weston A. Price Foundation, few people realize that the human virome, the total collection of viruses in and on the human body, is 10 times greater than we better understood. 40 trillion bacteria in the human microbiome. Like, this is significant. So instead of treating these things like we want to eradicate them, like they're the enemy, like they're something that we need to uh, get rid of, we have to recognize that this is our source of life. This is the source of which we have originated from. And we want to protect this. So certainly in cases where the person or the child is just so run down, yeah, we want to offer up some intentional additional love to support them, right? We want to go back and reground into the foundational truths of where health is built from. We have to be taking in consideration the mineralization, the deeper toxicity, and then of course the standard things at play, right? The hydration, the sleep, the sunshine, the dirt, you know, all these big things like how is digestion going? How are the channels of elimination going? Like these things are sacred. And so it's not about, to me, I I was never one to use elderberry syrup as my day-to-day thing. It never resonated with me because why would I want to constantly boost the immune system in that way when instead I was doing the bigger work the more important work, which is the terrain work. And I just got my son's um, hair mineral analysis back. Uh, It's the first time I ever did it. And I was so proud of these results. Like there's a little bit of work to do there, but like overall, we have like done some really amazing things. Now keep in mind, I did not have the wisdom that I do now. I did not properly detoxify my body before conception. And I know (laughs) because of my history, I was full of a lot of stuff and I have worked so hard on that. And we together have worked so hard on his healing story. And so when I see those results, it's like, bam, like we are doing it imperfectly, right? This is not about perfection. Uh, I do not have a perfect little naturopathic child who you know, just wants to be my shadow by any stretch of the imagination. This kid humbles me all day long in his desire to uh, perhaps live a more mainstream life, (laughs) which is really just, you know, rebelling um, at a young age. But we do, we do the work. We have been doing the work. And there are really foundational things that are really critical. And we do them. And mineralization and seasonal detoxification and allowing sickness. We've never 
had to, quote unquote, had to use any over-the-counters, any antibiotics, anything like that. We've only ever turned to my naturopathic toolkit, and I feel so extraordinarily blessed uh, to be able to do that and to not only be able to do it for him, but to share this wisdom with so many others. Um, but during these this peak t- period for him, there was a whole lot of snot, as I mentioned. And my job, my goal was never to have him not get sick. Yes, it was inconvenient. Um, like, oh my gosh, you're sick again. But I knew it was part of him growing. It was part of him strengthening and building. And now, like I said, that he's nine, it's so it's so rare um, that he does. But we certainly went through that process of, of it lots of times. And I think the main times that we would turn to elderberry is to help uh, accelerate the process like oh you know what I can tell that you're a little run down and you know we're gonna help uh, take this edge off help support the immune system in that way or let's say it was like around the holidays and I just knew the diet would be you know there'd be more sugar in the mix there'd be more things in the mix and I wanted to give some extra love to the body but we were doing the bigger work We were doing the foundational work and that's still what I stand for today. Like that is the resiliency game plan. It's not about avoiding sickness. Sickness is part of this. Also, there's, you know, it's not like I'm encouraging fragile children who are sick and can't, you know, work through it. Like that's not at all what I'm advocating for. I'm advocating for uh, this sickness being a path of strength a path of detoxifying, a path of creating space, and we're doing it coincide with the foundational work, which is what I teach inside Fiercely Empowered Mama. It's like the minerals and getting the toxicity down, which having the strong mineral base allows the body to do a lot of that internal detoxification on its own. Like this is the money zone. This is how we make big moves for our children. This is how we help expand their capacity for this life uh, that we are living that is filled with a lot of toxins. This is how we avoid chronic illness. That this is the path. So if you're using elderberry, like I'm not trying to say like, don't use elderberry. Um, It's just, I wanted to reground us and why are we doing this? Like it's cool. I love it that it's mainstream, but what is our intention? Are we spreading seeds of doing it to avoid sickness? Then what is our truth about sickness? And is there anything there to revisit for you? Because there's a whole world that's convinced that viruses are out to get them and they need to be afraid of people. And we have to stop this. And when we model to our children that we don't fear germs and we don't fear each other and we don't fear acute illness, wow, do we take our power back. And when we do things on the daily that strengthen that terrain and strengthen that resiliency, we just change the future. I'll include my handout. I'll drop in lots of love in there for you to revisit this conversation. As always, I would love to hear from you. Bye.
Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you loved your time with me, please subscribe and leave me a review on iTunes so I can keep bringing you the good stuff. And then come say hello and be part of the conversation by joining me in our private Facebook group, Fiercely Awakening. I can't wait.